Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, welcome, everybody. It's a side version of uh, Off-Road Live. Your humble host, Monster Mike. We have a special guest on the line. And, of course, our special friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, and the Cabo 1000. Go to Cabo1000.com. Welcome, John Stewart. Hey, Mike. How are you doing this day? Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for coming on this special side version. Another pre-show interview uh, before our big race week starts on Sunday. We'll have a a special uh, pit meeting uh, live broadcast uh, on uh, Sunday starting at around 2 o'clock West Coast time for the Baja 1000 pit crew 
meeting that you definitely want to tune into. Well, John, you've uh, you've been at uh, SEMA for a couple of days. Uh, I'm sure you walked through the uh, SCORE International uh, display. What was your take on um, the impact of this year's Baja 1000 at SEMA? Uh, they put on a pretty good little display there that just uh, kind of highlighted the history of the of the event and uh, BFG's involvement over the years. So it was a good historical moment to review. Understood. Well, uh, in your uh, couple of days at SEMA, uh, what are the headlines for the road recreation community? Well, the off-road uh, community is alive and well. Uh, the uh, Quite a few... So there were some new products introduced. Uh, uh, you know, I saw more tools uh, at FEMA this year than there have been in past years, but uh, there's never a shortage of uh, bumpers for, uh, you know, for the Jeeps or uh, running boards or other uh, dress-up uh, and heart, you know, uh, armoring for, uh, you know, your Toyota pickups or the uh, – Ford F-150s, which seem to be the popular, you know, the Toyotas, the Ford F-150, and the Jeeps seem to be the most popular vehicles this year. So, uh, Jeep did introduce their brand new 2018 uh, Wrangler JK, which slightly different styling look on it in the past. So uh, we'll see what it uh, what it brings and as far as uh, any new products. So. Understood. And so, what is uh, what is your take on uh, uh, the uh, the policy news coming from SEMA having to do with recreation? Uh, SEMA is very supportive of uh, efforts to keep public lands open for recreation. Uh, SEMA hosts uh, and has been hosting for a number of years a uh, North American Recreation Council meeting, which is a get together of. Uh, uh, land use activists uh, and uh, motorsports activists from, uh, around the nation, and uh, we had a, a meeting where we exchanged some ideas about what has worked, what hasn't worked, and uh, you know, uh, trying to find help for solutions of problems that we're facing. So it's a good discussion. Let's just so we do know that SEMA is highly supportive of. Uh, efforts to keep public lands open, and, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, their continued support. Very good. Anything uh, come out of the Blue Ribbon uh, uh, board meetings there at uh, SEMA? Uh, not really earth-shattering. It was uh, a lot of it was just cleaning up some loose ends and, uh, you know, policy, you know, tightening up on some of our policy procedures, make sure that the uh, – uh, our tax exempt status is, uh, you know, solid and on track, and trying to, uh, you know, figure out what is what we can do, you know, and, you know, just uh, looking at ways to uh, raise money. We do know that we've got a couple of lawsuits in the works, uh, one up in Oregon uh, that looks to be uh, very favorable, you know, coming out very favorable for the. Uh, uh, dirt bike community, well, dirt bikes, ATVs, and even the four-wheel drive community up in the Ochico National Forest area of uh, in Washington, so or, or not Washington, Oregon. So. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, the 
the um, uh, California Asian uh, right. Commission uh, meeting? Did anything come out of those meetings? Uh, the California OHMBR Commission meeting is actually is next next week, next Thursday, and uh, they've already they've released the agenda for it. And from what I can see on the agenda, they are going to be having a, uh, a comparison of you know kind of what the new uh, permanent program uh, legislation is and any changes. Uh, that that will entail as compared to how they uh, are managing the uh, program right now. And we don't see, uh, and a couple of us have really looked at it closely, we don't see a lot of massive changes in the way things are operating right now. But uh, we do know that the one factor that's not in there that we'll be finding out more about is this Parks Forward or Parks Transformation Plan and planning effort that has been underway for a couple of years. Uh, and that may have some impact on us, and we hope to find that out next week. Right, and that's always been interesting because the transformation probably has more to do with the budget than it does with uh, uh, actual rec uh, recreation activities or, or uh, you know, anything else. Well, I've uh, been involved with the federal and state governments long enough to know that any time they start talking about transformation or changes uh you know that they're talking about budget and uh, anytime the budget comes out the, the first thing happens is uh people uh are factored into the equation and the easiest thing to do is uh relocate move people around uh you know just to try and save money save from hiring new people or even uh you know convince people to re you know, retire and get out of the system so we do know that there will be some personnel changes uh, to the extent, you know, that that's where a big question that we have right now. Uh, we don't know to what extent those personnel changes will be. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we're going to keep our eyes very closely tuned to that. It's going to be very interesting to find out. Um, anything else on the uh, OHV uh, meeting on Thursday that uh, we should pay attention to? Uh, no, that's the primary uh, primary meeting is or topic of the meeting is going to be the uh, parks transformation process and the uh, any pending changes to the OHMVR program moving forward. Mm -hmm. Any other uh, uh, policy matters for recreation that that you're paying attention to? Uh, there's a few uh, wilderness bills uh, in the in the Congress. Uh, you know, a couple of them affect uh, California. One is uh, there's a Central Coast uh, Wildlands Heritage Act, which is a wilderness area uh, that'll impact the Los Padres National Forest. And some of our concerns there is that that proposed wilderness is adjacent to the. Uh, uh, Hungry Valley SVRA, so uh, you know, we're we're hoping that the setbacks are far enough that there will be no impact there. But then we don't know how far that bill will go. Uh, select the one for Clear Creek riding area from Central California. We don't know the extent and how far it will go. 
And other than that, the only real policy issues I'm paying very close attention to are uh, what is happening with the uh, forest and all the wildfire areas and what kind of burn area recovery and potential closures are going to result from that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us more about uh, Clear Creek and the reopening of Clear Creek. Well, Clear Creek... Uh, is historically been a uh, very favored riding area for uh, motorcycles. And uh, about, oh God, see, about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, it was basically shut down because of a fear of asbestos exposure causing, you know, health problems there. Uh, because the Third Creek area sits right in the uh, uh, serpentine uh Area when the serpentine is the native rock for uh, for asbestos, and yet over the years there have been no linkage of asbestosis or any other diseases, uh, or, you know, respiratory diseases or anything, from the uh, riders that have uh, frequented that area since the uh, you know since the 70s. So it's something that uh, we finally got uh, legislation working through Congress. It has passed the House, now sitting in the Senate, and it's a matter of uh, needed to move forward, and we don't know uh, we don't know what the Senate is going to do with much of anything, let alone any of the land use bills or any of the other bills that they have uh, bottled up. So, uh, But there's a couple of other uh, federal now, legislation. Now, when you yeah, mentioned, but, yeah, now when you mentioned Clear Creek, isn't there uh, four-wheel activity as it just opposed to just oh, yeah. motos? No, it's uh, it, it's four-wheel activity. It's it's everything. It's uh, it's it's a long-time favorite uh, favorite area for recreation. Uh, it really uh, the real recreation boom uh, came there in the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s. You know, then uh, in, in the 80s a BLM started trying to uh, close it down and, uh, you know, start limiting uh, some of the activities in the area. But, and like I said, I think it was about 2000, 2002 or three when the uh, area was uh, formally closed by BLM, uh, citing uh, health risk. So, but uh, we've had a lot of studies and a lot of other scientific look at the area and the different reports and um you know and the EPA's uh, findings on there have been uh, essentially debunked as uh, junk science and uh, not sustainable or or not uh, supportable in a uh, you know critical medical analysis phase so uh yeah it's, it's something that uh, we would like to see it open and you know from Cal 4 wheels perspective uh, they've been hosting a uh, five event every spring in that area for I think about 25, 25 or 30 years, and they've had to relocate that event up to uh, Hollister Hills, which is you know still in Central Valley, close uh, area. But uh, they would sure like to get back and have the Molina Ghost Run appear back at the uh, original site. So that's uh, 
you know, that's kind of where we sit right now. We're just, uh, you know, there's a couple of other federal legislations that uh, I'm looking at watching, but uh, like I said earlier that uh, the way the Senate is and uh, we don't know what the Senate's going to do and how things are going to move uh, if they do finally break that logjam of legislation to look at. Well, um, all right. Now, that's the policy stuff. Uh, I know I inserted a uh, recreational usage question in there with uh, Deep Creek, um, but uh, are are you saying is are you claiming, John, that that the uh, bureaucrats threw junk science into the mix to try to get the usage at at Deep Creek stopped? Clear Creek, yes. Uh... Uh, the, uh, we even had the OHMBR, the commission of the program, you know, the OHMBR program actually, uh, commissioned a, uh, a review of the science that the EPA used and, uh, uh, through a couple of other, uh, reference sources and a review of all that science, uh, could not, could not support the EPA and BLM's findings. Yeah, it's uh, junk science, and yes, it was a bureaucratic play because that's an area where the uh, uh, Wilderness Society, Sierra Club, and a bunch of others would like to see that uh, completely closed and you know, you know turned into wilderness. So, so let me get this straight: they actually asserted that because a certain serpentine uh, type of mineral rock formation in the area is present, that asbestos, asbestosis could have been uh, in the that area? Yeah. Uh, you have to remember and get the, you know, a couple of things about uh, the, the serpentine rock. That's uh, California state rock, really. And that is the uh, mineral that asbestos is uh, derived from, or one of the minerals. Uh, but there are two different types of asbestos. One is a short fiber and the other is a long fiber. And I don't want to misquote, but one of, the, one of those fiber types is the one that is in the uh, Clear Creek area and that is the is the fiber type that is known to, is not known to be an asbestosis or a lung you know respiratory disease problem you know it's the there and i you know right now i could not off the top of my head say for sure whether it was a short fiber or the long fiber but uh the one asbestos type that uh, is linked with uh, asbestosis is not the one found at uh, in Clear Creek area. Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm just mind boggled by by that uh, by that claim. Um, I mean, if if those are the type of reaches that uh, now the, are these federal or state uh, uh, administrators attempting to do this? These are the federal administrators. Well, actually, federal and state, because uh, Cal EPA was also part of it. So, you know, but it, it's, 
and you know, and then federal EPA also. Uh, and this this goes back to uh, a lot of studies started during the uh, Clinton years. So, you know, it's been an ongoing battle for, and it took about ten years before they really uh, did finally close the area. Uh, who ultimately determined that it was junk science and and opened the gates up? Well, it's uh, on the strength of the uh, legislation. We've convinced uh, a couple of uh, people to move forward with the legislation, and like I said, it's uh, it, it has passed the House, and the legislation basically absolves uh, uh, the federal government of any. Uh, claim for asbestosis relating from activities in that area. So wait a minute, hold on, hold my horses. You're telling me it took it took recreation to get a proposed law to try to resolve this? Oh yeah. Well, it's it's uh it's something that uh you know, some of us started looking and arguing this uh God back in the 2000, 2002, to really push that effort and to uh, look at a way to get legislation in, and we finally got legislation in, actually not not in the current Congress, but it was also first introduced into the last Congress, and the funny thing is, is we got that legislation in with the support of the California Wilderness Coalition, because within that bill that would reopen Clear Creek, there is a segment of uh, um, you know scrubland adjacent to it that uh, the uh, California Wilderness Coalition really wanted to have that as a uh, wilderness area. And after, and it's a former grazing allotment. And after a good close look at everything, uh, it was determined that that's an area that has never really been used. Or you know, by any motorized recreation activities, uh, so that was thrown in. So it's a basically it's a combination wilderness bill plus OHV recreation bill. Um, John, uh, you know we've been together and doing these reports for uh, a few years. Uh, I suppose I shouldn't be um, surprised by this. Uh, I am relieved that there are people like yourself in the off-road uh, community that are willing to, I mean, time and treasure to put together legislation to, to rectify this. But if if the situation, which obviously it is, if it's yep. this, if it's this bad at the administration level, you know, at the executive level, at both at the federal level and the state level, um, and obviously, we need to elect those people who are going to serve our interests. Um, what is driving the administrators to go so far as to create some junk science to merely close off access to a recreational area? Well, that, that, that's a lot of speculation involved in that answer, and uh, it, a lot of it is a by reducing the amount of people out on the public lands, it reduces the uh, personnel requirements needed for law enforcement and monitoring, and it supposedly reduces the uh, agency's overall costs. Yeah, uh, and their work uh, and their it, workload. Yeah, their workload. Yes, 
And uh, there are some people that uh, just are so risk adverse that uh, you know, they, they don't want to take any uh, risk when uh, there's a potential for an asbestos uh, problem. So, and because it is asbestos, that has uh, really been the big trigger word that uh, um, everybody's been uh, been afraid of, and they don't want to have their their name linked with uh, a positive effort to open it up. Well, I, I dare say, my friend, that uh, uh, thank goodness for uh, the you know uh, business community that that makes contributions to these defense funds uh and obviously the users who who make uh you know their contributions and of course experts like yourself because we'd be in a world of hurt if we didn't have these uh uh legislators you know you know essentially we put their nose to the grindstone and say hey get to work we need this I mean, I can't I can't imagine a more difficult situation than rectifying some funky administrators in some paid cushy offices, you know, attempting to close off access uh and you have to you have to create law to essentially uh reinforce the rights of the people. Yeah. Uh that's a uh that's something that uh, frustrates a lot of us, and uh, you know we we understand it, we know it, and that, that's why we continuously fight fight to uh, get our point across uh, and continue to fight for the rights of recreation. And uh, you know we know that the uh, well over the years the uh, competition side with the uh, desert races is has been under constant attack and we've also been trying to uh, help support those, you know, that those efforts as far as keeping the competitive races alive. Uh, because we know that once they're, if they're uh, administratively ruled out of existence, then uh, we know that recreation will be the one that follows next. So, Oh, there's no question about that. You know, that's, that's the most challenging thing, um, uh, next to you know access loss is just getting the community to understand that we all need to be responsible uh responsible users because if we're not especially uh in the racing community you're gonna lose your rights i mean not just access you're gonna lose your rights to race and then the very next thing as you said john the very next thing that's going to go because it's already that's already occurring right now you're going to lose access to the land itself for any kind of recreation uh not just racing right and uh you know it's, it, it and it, it's all tied in also with the uh historic uses such as grazing and uh that have been ongoing uh, you know, in, the, in the areas for years so we know we know that there's a lot of battles on different fronts that we have to be uh, attuned to and uh, and watch. So you know it, it's it's not all it's not all about clean air and uh, getting a cleaner burning engine, but it's it's about all the other impacts that go along with it. And yeah, you know, we we uh, 
you know, from, uh, you know, Don Amador, Del Albright, and uh, myself and a few others uh, all agree that uh, we need to be, uh, be responsible in our recreation efforts and help the land managers and address their concerns so that we can continue to uh, recreate. No question about it. And then if, uh, you know, they get somebody on their staff that starts fuzzy thinking or fuzzy acting, uh, we need to be on top of it so that we can, you know, slap their uh, their hands with the uh, the yardstick. And then if we have to, you know, just uh, unfortunately, as you're, ref- you're reflecting in this conversation, you know, actually draft legislation to address the uh, uh, the needs. Yeah, and that's where uh, you know, Blue Ribbon Coalition uh, has has been very uh, diligent about uh, working to craft legislation uh, to and on some and like the Berryessa Snowman Mountain Monument up in Northern California, um, Blue Ribbon Coalition was uh, instrumental in ensuring that recreation and activities were grandfathered into the uh, monument language. So. And that's a lesson we learned uh, when uh, the uh, Giant Sequoia National Monument was created back in the uh, late 80s or, or early 90s uh, time frame. And so, you know, it's, we have to be involved. We have to uh, work to get our point across. And, uh, you know, that, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do. And You bet. No, and clearly you're you're accomplishing quite a lot, John. I mean, uh, the whole work with the OHV program in the state of California, amongst other issues, you guys are accomplishing quite a bit. Yeah, uh, with the making the OHMVR program permanent this year, uh, you know, we all breathe a sigh of relief because now that means we've got uh, more stability moving forward, and that there are issues with the legislation. We know that we can go back and get technical corrections done without opening the whole program up and uh, risk losing it. So. Well, uh, John Stewart, uh, the off-road recreation specialist here on Off-Road Live, we can't tell you how much uh, we value your uh, uh, service and work to the uh, users of off-road recreation in the state of California and throughout the West. Uh, John, thank you very much for being on the show and, of course, your work, uh, you know, 724-365 throughout the uh, upcoming uh, uh, off-road season. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Mike, and, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to uh, speak with you and to uh, try to get the word out and and educate the uh, recreation public and uh, all the motor motor users that uh, listen to this. Absolutely. And uh, they uh, consistently let us know how uh, valued you are in this broadcast. Uh, Thank you. Well, John, we'll see you uh, next Monday on Off-Road Live, a special Baja 1000 show. Uh, And, of course, this Sunday at 2 p.m. West, we'll be live from the live Baja Pit service, uh, pit meeting in live starting at 2 o'clock this Sunday. So tune in right here to Off-Road Live. We'll kick off the race week for the Baja 1000, the 50th version, this 2017. Uh, This is your humble host, Monster Mike. This is a Fox Sports affiliate. And, of course, we're here with our friends 
the Desert Tower Studio, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja, and, of course, the Cabo 1000. Go to Cabo1000.com. The racing is incredible to Cabo San Lucas. San Diego to Cabo, the Cabo1000.com. Folks, thanks very much for tuning in. We'll see you on Sunday, 2 o'clock west, for the pit service Official meeting for the Baja 1000 live on Off-Road Live this Sunday, 2 p.m. We'll see you there.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.